We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm, uh, I'm a little, I was a little in shock. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. You think that was Josh McDaniels? Oh, boy. Or was that Jimmy Garoppolo? Same ghost. Oh, boy. You that ain't was got to go home, but you got to get the you-know-what out of here, man. I need to do a huge favor. Oh, my God. Why did he say his name on that one? It's Tiger. <laughs> I couldn't. No! I, don't, I do not know. No! Oh, yeah. Evan getting zipper Matt Steinmetz. Yeah. What did you say? The, the big Raider fans? Oh, yeah. The a Tiger? Tiger? Massive Raider fan. Oh, yeah. Can we put this in the cap? Because I did it before. Tom Tell Brady coming could, back? What? Uh, Harbaugh going to LV. He'll be the Raider coach. Who? Uh, Harbaugh. Well, he might have to be. <laughs> Boy. I don't think he's going to have a job in college after this year. This is, man. For multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl the Guru Johnson. We were talking about the San Francisco 49ers and what the Chase Young move means for the rest of this season. Is it the new version of Christian McCaffrey walking through that door? I would think not, but he's certainly going to help them in some areas. And and it kind of like you got me thinking, Goo, during the break about the, this whole Wilkes thing. And. The idea that a coach is so important to the success of, of an extremely talented unit, maybe the, the most talented defensive line potentially in football. So w- one of the reasons that I can't place blame wholly at Steve Wilkes' doorstep is because as much as I love D'Amico Ryans, as much as I love Robert Sala, okay. the 49ers paid Nick Bosa $120 million because he shouldn't be he shouldn't need a coordinator. So you're saying you and I should be able to call to plays. extract right. 18 and a half sacks out of him. Now I'm not saying that all of that is just Nick Bosa, but again, if we're splitting up the, the percentages, to me, Nick Bosa is DPOY last year because he is damn good and he is one of the best, if not the best, you know, physical what? defensive specimens in football. I'll give him 85 percent of the credit, 90 percent of the credit. The other 10% is the sprinkled stuff in from the coordinator, being able to free him up, being able to put him in positions to where he's facing you know, a guard here, a tackle there that he can beat. But at the end of the day, Nick Bosa has to do the brunt of the work, just as Eric Armstead does, just as Javon wow. Hargrave does, now just as Chase Young does. That's why I can't look at Steve Wilkes and say, damn, man, what the hell is wrong with you? No, that that's a great point, and you're right, because I didn't think Bosa had any weaknesses and that's just me. Again, I'm not a D coordinator and I'm not baldy, but Evan, I'm not hearing a lot. I'm starting to hear a few people say it's on 97. 97 has to get his act in order. But with that, he sets the tone. He is your best player on this team. So we thought. And it looked that way through five games. And now all of a sudden, Steiny, like he only can, how many games is it now and how many sacks? Like, it gets worse Game the more games they play because he didn't get one Sunday against Cincinnati. But I, what do I do with anything else but what I'm watching? 
because the game and the snaps are the facts. And right now, this team, it needs an infusion defensively. And Evan, I'm not going to push back because you said not McCaffrey-like, but why do I feel like Chase Young could have that McCaffrey-type impact if all of a sudden next Sunday we see Bosa get two sacks? Or, you know, it's like you can't stop them all. And I'm going to say something to you because I'm not a D coordinator and I was thinking about this because mm-hmm. Baldy mentioned uh, Dan Quinn. I don't, for my liking, see Bosa moved around a lot. And I know he's bigger than Micah Parsons, but the one thing I keep hearing about Parsons is, oh, you can line him up everywhere. You can do this or that. Do you think maybe Wilkes can ta- – again, I'm not uh, Rex Ryan's son, but do you think maybe there could be something to maybe moving Bosa around that could free him up? Maybe over the center, who they say a lot of times is the weakest link in regard to blocking on the O-line. I don't know, but I know I don't see – he's always on the edge. It feels like 97% of his rushes. Well, let's see what, what Brian Bolding, right. I want to play this cut for you. Stanley got into it yesterday. What's going on with Nick Bosa? He was on the morning roast yesterday, our NFL Odyssey insider Brian Baldinger. Here's what's going on with Nick Bosa. Well, I don't know if, if missing the offseason has um, much effect. I wouldn't think a guy that probably stays in sh- never gets out of shape stays in shape. He's strictly a power rusher right now. We have said that. You know, you don't see a spin move. You don't see a two-handed swipe. You're not seeing a lot of variety. Now the ball's out quick in a lot of cases. That's all right. Defense linemen know that. You got to, you know, you got to get them into situations where they got to hold it mm. on third and thirteen. You got to get them to those situations where they got to hold it an extra tick, where you're going to have a little bit more time to collapse the pocket. But I don't see twist stunts really working right now. And that's why that that last twist point about stunts. being in positions to pin your ears back. I do think Chase Young will help against the run which the 49ers have been gashed in throughout this season. And I also think the offense playing better is going to help the defense, and particularly the line, because of what we saw the first five games. Right now, the 49ers need to prove to us, Goo, that they are not a streaky football team. Because streaky football teams can be beat because they are inconsistent. The 49ers looked like absolute world beaters. We're penciling them into the championship game, into the Super Bowl after five, because they ran rampant across this league. The last three games... They look like mortal men. That's an issue when you take a look at the first five to the last three. Where is this thing going? Is it going to continue to go down? Will Chase Young inject this team with life and it'll head back up? They need to right the ship and show us more consistency throughout the 60 minutes coming off of this bye week in order for me to feel like I don't want to label them a streaky football team. Because again, being streaky can get you beat. If you're not playing your best football, no doubt. And Evan, I'm older than you, and I should know this. But you know, I love what we do. I get excited when it comes to sports, and sometimes I just wear my heart on my sleeve. And the Purdy for thirty, just going back to the offense, it was a real thing. We were having conversations like, "Where's this thing going? Nobody can stop him." I got on these microphones and said, "A player A, B, or C is expendable. You don't need him because Brock Purdy, he's got it mastered." So to be fair. I don't want to put it all on the defense. And the reason we're focused on the defense is they made a move yesterday that signaled that they see something wrong, and hopefully this can rectify it or remedy it with uh, the the acquisition of Chase Young. But back to the offense, I don't – Evan, I'm telling you this, Debo Samuel and that hair – I told you this at the coffee table. That hairline fracture, 
I don't know if he's going to be back in Jacksonville. But now I have checked and apologized, which I did on Monday, to Debo for saying, oh, you know what? You were the man. They kind of don't need you now, and Iukes are one. And again, I'm just taking a step back, reflecting like I got it wrong. But to get back to being that consistent machine that you talk about on offense, Brock, you Again, it's not all on you, but all of a sudden, you're not pitching eight scoreless shutout innings. Mm -hmm. You're making the one or two turnovers and the fumble in money time. And if Debo and Trent are not going to be there, Evan, and they're doing all of a sudden what I told Dibs, the 5D linemen, like we know McCaffrey is going to run, but he ain't running up the middle. And it's just funny, all of a sudden, since we've seen that incorporated by opposing defenses, the Niner run game has kind of been extinct. Yeah, I think unless you have one of the two, in my opinion, elite quarterbacks in this league, and man, that would be Mahomes and Burrow, man. you need to play complementary football in order to play at the level that the 49ers were at. Everything needs to be going your way. That's not that's not realistic. Though. I was just going to say that's that. That's not always going to okay. happen. So how can you self-correct in the middle of games? How can you make adjustments? Maybe a guy like Chase Young does take some pressure off the rest of the D-line, gets guys some snaps out that they shouldn't have been in for. He helps the secondary, and that's how they begin to play more complementary football on defense. But that doesn't mean that I'm just instantly looking away from an offense that scored only 17 points the last three weeks. A couple Cleveland, understandable. That's a that's a, a team that statistically is on Miles par with like the 2,000 okay. Ravens. The Minnesota Vikings, not a great defense. The Cincinnati Bengals have shown themselves to be weak at times this year, yeah. although I think they're better than they've played the first three games. So what is this offense going to do? Before we transition to that, okay. I do want to get David and El Cerrito in because David. he's been hanging on patiently. He wants to talk about Chase Young. What's up, David? How you doing, man? You're on with Evan and Go on 95.7 hey The Game. Hey, hey. Thank you. Uh, I'm a diehard Buckeye fan, so I got my fair share of Bosa Bosa Chase Young. Oh, you got the dynamic uh, duo. Uh, yeah, so I'll enjoy that. Um, I think that obviously the Niners are never signing Chase Young after the season, so they're telling you, you know, we're going all in because when you're second pick in the draft, if he performs for the rest of the year, he's on pace, probably get 10 sacks, probably get more now that he has five. You know, he'll demand more money than the Niners could pay since they gave it all to Bosa. This is really a momentary measure, and the team is telling you we're going all in. Yeah. And we need it to happen. So I like the signing because it's a it's a now moment. Um, and Chase Young is insanely powerful. Anyone that thinks that he's like a pass rushing guy, like in the form of a Von Miller sign, just gets to the quarterback. That's not what he is. He he can set an edge like better than almost any defensive end that I've seen similar to him. My issue with guys like him and Bosa, and even as a Buckeye, I say this: I wanted the Niners to take Quinn and Williams because even though it's water under the bridge now, because guys like that last a long time. Guys that don't rely on quick twitch, they last a lot longer in the NFL. Guys inside. The guys on the edge, they don't last a long time. And it's scary that they gave Bosa all this money because he's not going to last a long time. You can't think of a guy, Jadavion Clowney, Von Miller. These guys don't last. Chase Young and him don't last. So it's a really big now moment. So if it doesn't happen for them now, well, it's not such a great future after now. I look, well said. I mean, man, that's, that's, there's a lot of there. And number one, there's no excuses. That's what I love most about the move. I mean, they're like, go make the stew, whatever, goulash, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Go, You got every ingredient. Now, Evan, is there a part of you that wonders, because we know I'm the, uh, I use this 
ad nauseum, uh, you're a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. And I heard Steiny talking to you yesterday a bit about just how bad and toxic things are with the whole Snyder fiasco in, in D.C. and everything that comes with it. But, you know, there was some shade thrown at young Chase Young's way uh, this morning or last night. And the fact that they kind of gave up on him to me means nothing because what I believe the Niners in regard to their culture have here is kind of look at McCaffrey, you know, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't personal wise or a personality thing with McCaffrey and, and Carolina. It was just, they weren't good, but look at his impact again. I'm hoping Chase Young has that same impact on Hargrave, Bosa, and Armstead, but the other, my alter ego, was like, fool, he, they shouldn't need any impact. They are the impact, and they haven't had any the last 12 quarters. Why? So the why is, is he going to come in here and be mixed in the stew or, or the sauce and get lost, and they still don't get the results? That's what's scary to me. Well, one thing that's perfect in addition to the four Niners heading into the bye week playing not their best football so you get a break is you get a chance with the bye week to integrate a guy like Chase Young. Like You don't have to wait because I think Christian McCaffrey was traded for a couple of days before they played Kansas City. He didn't really play nah, much in that game. They got lit. They yeah. got their doors blown off just the way Cincinnati kind of blew the doors off the Niners this last weekend. So is that a sign that the 49ers can get Chase Young in and he's going to be expected to be at full go come Jacksonville? I think so. And that's where I do believe that the trade is important because Chase Young is a great run stopper. He can set the edge. He can also get to the quarterback. He can do everything you want. And ideally, kind of like McCaffrey, he should be a better version of himself because he's not playing there you go. in a place like Washington. Well, he had sweat with him. He had another stud. Yeah, and Gerard Payne. Okay. Yeah, and they got after like, it. No, they, they had big boys up front. They weren't <laughs> playing very well. Uh, but also, it could be because they were playing from behind in games. There, there's a, we, we talked to... Um, it, it, oh, gosh. I, I Mitchell? Butchers. Yes, Brian okay. Mitchell. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Brian Mitchell yesterday, and he said that you know they had talent, but basically they weren't playing like it. So Damn. if Steve Wilkes and this 49ers team can get Chase Young to play and impact football games, well, then he should make everyone else's job easier in addition to them making his job easier. No doubt, Evan. And, and if you don't mind, let me read this from the uh, Comcast Business text line. And I'm not just giving, patting myself on the back. Great point on Bosa's alignment, Guru. Last year, Bosa was allowed to pick where he lined up at times, and it worked well. I don't think Wilkes has let Bosa pick his spot anytime this year, 707. How would the 707 know that, and what do you think of that? Do you think there could be something to that? Potentially. Look, I mean, Nick Bosa looked much more comfortable playing last year than he has this year. I'm inclined to believe that missing training camp and the holdout affected him more than how the D coordinator has deployed him so, so far. So how many games do we give for him to be, if that's the case, Evan, and you could be well, right. he's got to play every snap. So, Like, I mean, when, okay, when, when you, are you You got to live and die good? with 97. He's saying he feeling, he's feeling well. Well, he, he better be. I mean, look, he's finally at the point now where there are no excuses. I mean, the first couple of weeks, I get it. All You're right. playing yourself into shape. No doubt. But, and my mind keeps going back to what Debo Samuel told us before the season, which was when he was negotiating his contract last year, when he got paid, that impacted the way he played. Now, Debo couldn't stay on the field. 
Nick Bosa, outside of an ACL tear, has been an Iron Man for the 49ers. Not just in how many games, but how many snaps he plays, how productive he is. And so I think the fact that he got paid right around the time that his production is dipped does make us and our eyes get big of like, what is going on here? And so that's why the Chase Young move, to me, as much as I believe it's a good move, does kind of fly my radar up of like, well, why, why is this the group that needs the help? And if it isn't, is it just because you're trying to beef it up in hopes that the secondary is not going to have as much to handle, as much to, to to kind of put on their backs? Because like it's 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 a fascinating but complex and just really confusing situation that their defense is in. And Steve Wilkes hasn't been able to solve it the last three weeks. Kyle Shanahan and his offense hasn't been able to figure out things the last three weeks. And right now, the 49ers are in second place in the NFC West, a place I didn't believe they'd be at all this year. That, that is the one that just knocks me on the floor, man, like like a left hook from Mike Tyson in his prime. But let's just – let me hone in on Bosa because we've talked about this. If it's just about this year, then, Evan, what about the caveat that you and Stani gave me that I shared with you last year? During the postseason, three games, Seattle, Dallas – and uh, Philly, 97 didn't record a sack. So for the ones that want to say this is because of the holdout, I'm starting to just double back to last year in the most important, three most important games, Evan. And Dallas had, they they had, that game was tied. They could have won it. But both of there was there was minimal impact. I'm wondering, what do, did we just buy, look, gloss over that? to maybe get a glimpse of what's going on now that might not be holdout-related? Just a question. No, I, I think it's a good one. And hopefully Jeff and Marin can help us kind of solve it. But uh, wants to talk about the defensive line. Jeff Marin, you're up on 95.7 The Game with Evan Aguro. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Thanks for taking my call. So I got a couple thoughts. The last three games, the opposing teams have completely dominated the line of scrimmage both ways. And I think... What Lynch has demonstrated is that he's kind of defensive line-centric when it comes to the draft. We never seem to spend a lot of draft capital on offensive linemen or cornerbacks. And the only other comment I've got is, you know, we had D.J. Jones, and I was a big fan of his. He really occupied the middle a lot. He was usually double-teamed, and that helped free up edge pass rushers. You know, but we don't spend the money on keeping D.J. Jones and then we bring in all these other guys that aren't cutting it. It's like, and it seems, you know, they'll say, Kenny Wise and Pound Foolish. What do you guys think? Well, so, Evan, to his point, and I feel his passion, is there any scenario to where they've added Hargrave to Bosa's line and you lost DJ Jones? There's not a soul that would say, I would do it differently. So, to me, to the caller's point, I mentioned DJ Jones earlier. That can't be it because that doesn't make Hargrave is better than DJ Jones, and we've seen that. It's more impactful. He's more impactful. He's played more. So why hasn't this marriage manifested into sack children? Well, it did the first five games. And look, I mean, the sack totals are, are sometimes just a product of where the quarterback is, how quickly he's getting the ball out. You know, the, the number of sacks is a concern, but it's also like I, I think. 
they're generally doing a decent job when they're in advantageous positions, when it's third and longs, of creating pressure. I just don't think they're in as many of those spots as they've been the Getting first five up, games. Yeah, first to second down. They're going to beat up three. in the ground. They're, right. they're giving up, I think, close to five yards a carry. It's like Yikes. middle of the pack, 16th. Yikes. Last year, Goo, they were number two in that category. <sighs> so they're losing at the, line of a, at the line of scrimmage. They're losing at the point of attack early in downs. And that means, well, you, you can't get to the quarterback as much. And then conversely, to, to the caller's point, the offensive line in which the 49ers chose to not draft a single offensive lineman in this past draft oh boy. is now down their best guy, Trent Williams. And I think that's had a huge impact on their ability to run the football as well as pass block for a quarterback that, when he's fallen behind later in games, typically times when the defense is allowed to pass rush and not have to worry about the option of a run because they're trying to throw the ball, they're trying to come from behind, Brock Purdy has, in the last three games, not been very good in those spots. And you know what, Evan? To that point, what scares me about all of this, just going back to the offensive side of the ball and Purdy, it is unrealistic. And we both said as much, but that's scary. If you're telling me everything has to be perfect for this offense to look like it has uh, last year and the first five games, Evan, let me tell you, if you look at their schedule, even coming out of the bye week, starting with Jacksonville, that that's not a that's not good. And again, it's unrealistic. And when you talk about the top two quarterbacks, rightfully so, Burrow and Mahomes, but there's there's some others I can name that, you know, part of this game, it's so hard the NFL is you're gonna have to come from behind. And I don't believe being behind is why Purdy has made some thro- late throws over the middle and You know, we talk about the balls, even the Giant game. They were in the red zone. He threw interception, which I thought should have been interception. The defender dropped it, and now those chickens are coming home to roost. But they got more than just a defensive issue. So this buy comes at a great time, but it's scary, Evan, because I think there are heavy-ass questions on if this team can get to where we thought they were going to just, I did, cakewalk to on both sides of the ball. Real quickly, I want to get Miguel in Arizona in before the break. What's up, Miguel? You're on 95.7 The Game with Evan and Guru. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, All perfect, right. Thank man. you for taking my call. Um, man, there's there's more things than I have time for to talk about with this team. But um, I will start off with, uh, I, I want to say, and, and this is probably to a good percentage of Niner fans, yeah, I think for some reason, Evo Samuel was not important to this offense and we can move on from him and trade him now while you can. Well, guess what? We are missing him and yeah. we do need him. Mm. Um, as, as, as hurtful as it can be to some, some fans that have said we don't need him and we don't and we overpaid him, the guy's a stud out there and he sets the tone. I think we've seen that every time he's out there. I think that's a good call. Man, wow. I mean, look, they, they have missed Debo Samuel. 19 problems, Evan. <laughs> no doubt. They don't have 19 solutions right now, that's for sure. That's a three. Uh, coming up next, though, I want to get into if the 49ers did address their biggest need at the deadline. Like, if you think that Chase Young, by his secondary impact, will help the secondary, if it'll help the rest of the defensive line, did that? was that their biggest issue? Was the defensive side of the ball their biggest issue? Do you still think it's the offensive line? Do you think it's... The quarterback. Do you think it's play calling? I want to get to that. And on the other side, 888-957-9570. That segment was brought to you by Fremont Bank's full-service banking, no compromises. Also, at 1230, one hour away, 
Listen in for your chance to play Knockout. I know some people are wondering what exactly Knockout is, Goo. It's a game where essentially you line up either the three-point, free-throw line, you shoot, you miss, you go get your ball, the person behind you has a chance to knock you out. So we're going to be giving out over these two weeks 10 different slots on our show. And, of course, you can hop in on the morning roast at 7.30. 12.30 is the chance for Steining Guru listeners to play at Knockout at Chase Center and then at 4.30 on Willard and Dibs. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl the Guru Johnson. We're back after this on 95. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Five seven the game. Back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Evan getting zip for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl Guru Johnson. Goo, you said it perfectly. I think it was like a couple uh, weeks ago. People could see the show that happens we'd during be the rich. commercial break. Or we'd be out of a job. That too. <laughs> Either or. Real quick, Evan. Um, the world is changing. Society is changing. You don't say. Uh, I don't want to brag. I, I live in a regular neighborhood and... I grew up in the Yoon trick-or-treating. Why do you brag about being in a regular neighborhood? No, like, I'm just saying, my neighborhood used to have trick-or-treaters. The last oh, five, yeah. to, nobody came. <laughs> well, did you have your lights on? No. Well, we were not have, Howard Johnson. Did you we'll have a, the lights did you have a candle you. out? Uh, no lights. A pumpkin? We were hiding, and Frank, but, I mean, <laughs> come on. Where are the, the nobody trick or treating? Is that how bad the streets have gotten? Did, like, did you have real quick? Did you have trick or treaters in your hood? Uh, I, so usually I'll just leave a like a bowl of candy out for for the kids, oh, and then wow. well, but that way I don't have to come to the door. Okay. So right. if the lights are off, I don't have to yeah. kind of show myself. But what? So I live on like Twenty Fourth Street in the Mission District. Yeah. Don't get your address like Stadia do. No, no, no. Uh, although Humphrey Slocum is the best ice cream place. I live right above there in the city. If you know where it is. Huh? The uh, but people were just walking down the street, handed out candy. It was actually it was it was kind of cool. I'd never seen it before. I don't know if that's a normal thing in people's towns or cities, but there were you know adults with their with their families just sitting there on the corner in costumes, right. handing out candy to all the kids coming by. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Also made sense as to why no one came to the house because if you only just have to walk down the street, you're not going to be knocking on doors. Would so you have Snickers, Starburst, Skittles? I may or may not have taken the candy from. The office. Oh, so you yesterday. guys had a spread here, huh? Yeah. What? Oh, there's some out right now. Yeah, I'm, we, we got cookies, I'm, cupcakes. I'm on soda. I'm hanging on. There you go. Like yeah, Van yeah. Gundy so. on lawns on morning <laughs> leg. Uh, do you have a favorite candy, Gil? Uh, yes. Uh, Mamba. Oh, yes. Those. The lemon and orange with a cold Red Bull. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, but sorry, yeah, like me. diabetes. Yeah. That's the point. I, I don't have it. I would got checked. Huge yeah. fan of Mamas. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take a Twix. Uh, Grandpa Daddy's out in Hayward. I want to get back to the Niners. Um, Grandpa Daddy actually wants to give you some props, Goo. What's up, Grandpa What's up, Daddy? Grandpa? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? But you know, I'm also a daddy, Goo. I got me a four year old and a two year old baby. There you, you took a trick or treat. You better have. Man, I tell you, guess what, though? I don't like all this candy goo. At my house, I was handing out little bags of skinny popcorn. 
kids don't need all that candy. Uh, and they loved it, actually. Oh, they loved okay. it. They were like, Mommy, Daddy, look, popcorn, yay! There you go. Not better than candy. Not better. But, Goo, you know I've been listening to you. I've been listening to you guys, but, man, you spot on, dog. I just want to give you credit. I mean, where'd you get your nose? Is this is all up in your head? Goo, do you just, like, record this? In the mind when you go to the lab. Okay, give me your, one thing that computer. stood out because I feel like you're giving me a backhanded compliment, Grandpa Daddy. You're my <laughs> dog. Give me one thing that stood out today. You know what? You're talking about how the D-line, they got all these weapons now, and there's just not no way that they can't get it done, man. What mm. is the problem? How did we get down to the bottom of this? There's just no way. If they can't get to the quarterback, they got all this all these weapons, come on now. What's the problem, Goo? That's what we're trying to it? figure out. Evan and I are both trying to – and the fans. We're trying to figure out. Please help me, man, because I went to – man, I went to the game. Oh. I went to the game because it's my birthday. My homeboy took me to the game. We were there in the VIP in the family section because he works for the Niners. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're killing me! You're yeah. killing me! <laughs> Grandpa, Daddy. And, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, and, and this is what we're trying to figure out. If you have a solution, if you have a concern, if you have something you want to weigh in on about the 49ers, yeah. whether it's Chase Young, what the trade signals, the direction of this team moving into the bye week, did the 49ers address their biggest need at the trade deadline? 888-957-9570. If you think there's some ancillary effects of Chase Young, I'm certainly here to hear it, but... Goo, I keep coming back to, I do not know if the 49ers right now are in a position to where they have checked off enough boxes for me around this time, coming off those last three games, for me to feel like Jacksonville is a game that I expect them to win. I think that's going to be a dogfight. Oh, man. And if you fall to five and four, you can, I mean, right now even, you might you might be kissing the one seed goodbye, <sighs> and now you're simply... In a fight for the for the division, and like the Niners are in the fifth seed right now. That is that is incredible, man. And Evan, I'll say this about Halloween: if you told me did the Niners address their biggest area of need, I'm looking at you straight up right now and talking to the listeners. Hell yeah, they reached their hand into to get a treat, and they got the best treat that they possibly could, and that was D line depth. But Debo Samuel, when he comes back, they miss him. Or Brock Purdy misses him. I think Brock misses him. That comfort zone of knowing this pass in the flat or this bump, this jet uh, screen, this mm-hmm. is not going to get picked off. And Debo puts more pressure on the defense for what to look for, but yet that gives Purdy more confidence. And then Trent Williams, he's coming back. So, Evan, I say all I cite that to say. They got what they need coming back. It's about when it does. But defensively, I really believe they hit a grand slam to get Chase Young to add to the line that nobody really has an answer for as to why he's been playing porous. Well, can Chase Young line up in the slot? I'll tell you what. Whoever's can Chase in that Young slot, line up on the outside? I, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you a quick answer. Mm-hmm. Whoever, if that Oliver, whoever you want. They've got better because Chase, I believe, will have impact to make that ball come out a tad bit faster. Well, it was coming out pretty quick from Joe Burrow. Well, I mean, he got that ball out, three-step drop balls out, and he completed 19 in a row. That's, that's something incredible. where, like, if the defensive line doesn't have time to get to the quarterback, 
And that's where something, like my eyes are instantly drawn to, and Burrow is an elite quarterback. There's no doubt about it. But Trevor Lawrence is pretty damn good. No doubt. You run into a gauntlet after the bye week, including Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith twice. They've also got a decent running game. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Oh, man. Like you're going to be running into some football teams that can both pass and run better than some of the opponents that you just lost to. And that's why, and there's not another bye, Evan. That's why, to me, uh, you could say, Gula, it sounds like you're in a little bit denial. I'm not because you got to use this week off and, and just get get back, as we say. You got to get get back. You got to hit the reset button. And I thought for so long, for five weeks, I'm not ashamed, I thought, and I said David Craig, 17, that was the number, 17-0 and 0 is on the table. That's how drunk and much Kool-Aid I was sipping from the Niners. But, Evan, you mentioned Philly, never in a million years – what I thought they would have three losses by the time they get to Philly. And, Evan, we're not done. It could be more by the time they get to Philly. But the fact that somebody outside of Philly could beat them like a Minnesota, a Cleveland with their backup, I'm blown away. And that's why as much as they've set a standard for second-half pushes the last few years, you look at 2021, they were 3-5. and five. They ended up 10-7. and seven. So they went 7-2 and two right. down the stretch. Last season, four and four after eight weeks. They ended up thirteen and four. Of course, they didn't lose a game Man. with Christian McCaffrey as well as Brock Purdy. I'm wondering if fans feel the same way about this team. Because the expectations are higher than last year. Now they finished in the NFC title game, but entering that season and midway through, there were multiple points because of all the all the rotating characters at quarterback. There was a a lot of questions of where the season was going to end up, and then Captain Saban McCaffrey came in and helped you out. I don't know if Chase Young is the Christian McCaffrey walking through that door. And so for me, I think the 49ers have to look inward. I think their players need to play better. I think their coaches need to coach better. And that is something that, as much as I believe it to be correctable, that's something you could have helped them with. You could have addressed at the trade deadline. And they didn't, I think. You're right, in, in a sense. Because they got a part of it. And let's be honest, how many of the 31 other teams wanted to go shopping? I mean, I know there were some some trades made yesterday, and you talked about Seattle beefing up their D-line or whatnot. But, Evan, I think it's unrealistic to think every year at the deadline, and, and the Niners get an A-plus from me two years in a row, mm-hmm. that that is an opportunity for you to enhance your team the way that they did yesterday and last year with McCaffrey. But what's done is done, and my answer to you is it damn sure better, and that's why I keep going to the coaches. How does one get better? Does Bosa go home and watch video by himself? I'm going to say not. I mean, you can do that, but Evan, he better have somebody overseeing that video with his peers as a unit and why whatever he's doing fundamentally or sound-wise is not working because every outfit in America had the Niners number one on their power rankings up until week five. The Niners were going to the Super Bowl. Brock regresses a tad bit, has his first sense of turbulence and whatnot, and he was his own culprit. I don't care if receivers ran the wrong route. We had not been accustomed to him making mistakes. So now you got that to fix if you can, Evan, and we're going to find out, and if Chase Young, his impact is going to be on 1,000. Because if it's not, could you imagine this team being 5-4 and four 
with the four losses coming back to back, back, back. From the 707 Comcast business text line, 49ers are in a slump right now. You guys already said how the Rams lost three in a row the year they won the Super Bowl. This is not a thing. Like, I, And if that's the way you feel, I think that's valid. I think, look, if the 49ers are down bad right now, and, and again, you could look at the last couple of years and say, well, actually, they're in a better position after eight weeks than they were each of the last two years, which saw them go to the NFC Championship game. But I'm looking around at an NFC that is open for business. Like, the top teams are, you know, Philly, Dallas, in no particular order. Detroit. Detroit, San Francisco, Seattle. Yeah. Those are the top five teams in the conference. Do you feel like the 49ers are still better than the other four outside of Philly, or the other three outside of Philly? Uh, I think they can be, but over the last month or three weeks, they haven't shown it. I would I would still take the Niners over the other three outside of Philly. Uh, you kicked Dallas' ass, I haven't forgotten, and Dallas just dismantled the Ram team that took you to the fourth quarter one time of possession. You know, Styles make fights, but to answer your question, Evan, yeah, so I think they'll get this rectified. My thing is, when you cited the last two years, and I love it, they used the, they used the um, bye week to kind of galvanize and Tupac, Clay Thompson's IG, us against the world, and it manifested on the field and in the standings, and they parlayed that into getting close to the Super Bowl. This one, to me, is sour, and it's sour because we don't have the medicals of one Debo Samuel who all of a sudden has become Jerry Rice to me to Brock Purdy, and if he's not available in two weeks, then you know, what are we looking at? What's, you know, do we expect to bounce back from Brock, Trent Williams? So to me, you're limping into the bye physically and performance-wise when last year was kind of, you know, we got out to the slow start. You know, nobody was really injured. So I can't wait for the Jacksonville game, the Chase Young impact, and just the impact of Kyle and Wilkes to get their units uh, back together to be performing at high octane. Well, and that's why to take the word from Peter King, the trade feels kind of weird. Oh, that, that was so great. Like, I, I didn't think, and Kyle Shanahan kind of signaled earlier <sighs> this week that he didn't think a trade or a, a big move was coming. Now, it did, and I think that's because John Lynch was able to get a bargain for a good player. But at the position that he did, to me, is still a position of strength for the 49ers. So they got deeper, they got a little bit better, but it also signals to me that the 49ers believe that their players just haven't been playing as well as they can, mm. that they're not healthy right now. And I think that applies more to the offense than the defense because the defense hasn't been hit with those big kinds of injuries. Uh, a Debo Samuel hasn't gone down on the defense. Uh, a Trent Williams caliber player hasn't gone down defensively for the 49ers. So... Are we? Do you like? Do you think that we're looking too much at the defense and not enough at what Kyle Shanahan and the offense has been doing, which was running up thirty points a game through five weeks, and now has seemingly because of whether it's late turnovers, uh, drop catches, missed blocks, they seem to also be in a little bit of disarray. It's a phenomenal question, and I'm gonna say this: What do we know in regard to resumes and sample sizes? The last two, three years, mm-hmm. Warner, Bosa. And the rest of the gang have been dominant. Okay. You add Hargrave, he was dominant in Philly. So to me, 
I don't look at those players on an individual basis, Evan, and I know you're not asking me, is they got some they have something to prove. So to me, I think on the defensive side of the ball, it's easier for those guys to revert back to the 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 studs that they've been, and we could see that old Niner defense or the Niner defense in the first five games. But the other side of the ball, and mainly Brock Purdy, how he's going to react to his you know, subpar play these last three games, and if there is no Debo and you continuously demonstrate that you can't run up the gut when before that was your strength, then the Niners got major problems. And that is why I can't – that's why I can tell you, Evan, it, it, it goes in waves, but I'm more worried about the offense because of Brock Purdy and his newness and me not – and all of us not seeing him uh, be able to respond to adversity. He'll get his first crack at it. Some could say, Goo, he's had three, two games after the first game in Cleveland, if you, if you want to mm-hmm. be particular. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So that worries me because what if Brock is just – he's an average quarterback and not the guy that he's been last year in these first five. Then, Evan, you got serious problems. Well, number one, I think it's going to be really hard to be the same guy he was for the first ten games because he was he was nearly perfect. Like that's that's a bar that is set extremely high statistically when they're playing from ahead. But to your point about the benefit of the doubt, Peter King also touched on that yesterday with Willard and Dibbs. Here's what he had to say about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has done enough in his first uh, twelve months as a starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers to say, essentially, he's made enough great throws that when he makes four or five really bad ones, that we have to just say, okay, let's take the bye. Let's everybody take a deep breath. Let's everybody get refreshed for the last nine weeks of the football season or whatever it is. And let's plan for some better football starting at Jacksonville when they come out of the bye. Yeah, that's all you can do, right, Evan, at this juncture? Absolutely. And I also don't think that Brock Purdy is the quarterback that is going to continuously turn it over at the rate that he has in fourth quarters or second halves. I think he is a quarterback that probably wasn't as good as the way he played the first you know, 10 starts, and I don't think he's as bad as he's been the last three weeks. That doesn't mean that the losses don't matter, and it doesn't mean that I discount the wins. But what it means is that I think Brock Purdy is a very young quarterback. He's still in his relative infancy, and I do think there are valid questions about whether or not a a quarterback at that stage in his development can be one to pull you out of a hole if a Debo's out or a Trent's out. And those guys are going to come back. But the question is, if for some reason a similar player goes out, a la McCaffrey or Ayuk, or someone's got to miss some time, can Brock Purdy be the solution to the problem at this stage in his career? Because so far, he's been a part of the solution, but I don't know if it's fair to expect him to be the sole solution right now. And I think the last three weeks have showed us that he's not quite ready for that yet. Man, and you know what? That's scary. And the reason I say that's scary, Evan, is it just seems in these past three games, arguably without Trent Williams, you know, for much of the Cleveland game, he did play more than Debo. I need to see if they can get back to running the football. Because I'm telling you, Evan, I'm looking at you. If they can't, you can't hide your quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not saying they're doing that. My point is, 
that old, everything's whistling Dixie in the hood. I'm going to pass out my little dandelions and unicorns and Skittles and rainbows. That goes by the wayside because Brock is going to have to, he's going to have to be that weapon, you know, and that weapon in uncomfortable circumstances. So when we talk about Brock from playing ahead, who's to say they're not down? And then the reality is, man, this is the NFL. We need to go 80. We need to go 75. You might be without Evan or Goo. We're going to lean on you. And that that's what why I just say scary in the sense that maybe he's ready for it. He's demonstrated that he's been, you know, in the past. But the last three weeks, um, you know, mistakes have happened. Well, and I think that's why the red flags on defense have been highlighted a bit more because on days where Brock hasn't been great for the entire game, you do need some other players to step up. You do need your defense to get you the ball back. You do need your defense to force red zone stops, and they haven't been able to do it at the rate that they did the first five games. Uh, but Eric and Brentwood wants to talk about Brock Purdy and a potential concern for the offense. What's up, Eric? You're on with Goo and Evan here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's up, fellas? Look hey. here. It's Brock. It's Brock's arm strength because when that second level of distance, the linebackers, let's say the slot corner, when they – when they drop back and the Niners are behind and they're just a little bit in a prevent, he doesn't have the arm strength, to, as using Goo's word, to go wop, wop, 16, 20 yards. So, that's, so if the defense can't keep the score close, then Brock doesn't have those windows to throw in. When Debo is out and the defenders don't come up because they know they can't get uh, Debo down with like one player or two, those windows are tight. And that's where you see Brock is struggling he doesn't have the arm strength. He can't. He can. He can throw that change up when defenders are running to spots or they have a back turn. But when they're back there, the Niners are down by ten and they're just trying to prevent. He doesn't have the arm strength. So this is very tenuous and dangerous for the Niners because they don't have a backup plan for Brock. He can't get it. He cannot get it done if they're behind. Well, I'll say this to that, Evan. I disagree with him in this sense. Does he have the Dan Marino cannon? Not a lot of people do, but I saw him hit Ayuk for 34 yards, excuse me, 31 yards a couple times against Cincinnati down the field, mm -hmm. which you could argue, oh, Guru, that don't count. Kittle for 34 yards. So those throws, not the long bomb, but those are gashes, 30 yards. So he can hit those. I've seen them. And we've wondered, okay, why, why, why does that connection or that rapport with Debo when it seems like they're getting something going go away? Maybe the defense is doing something. But I don't 100% agree with him that Brock can't make those throws. I've seen it enough. I just wonder why it kind of just disappears. I think it's because they haven't been able to run the football as well. And I would also I would push back on the fact that Brock Purdy doesn't push the ball down the field. Like he had 21 completions for 360 yards. That's do the math. Yeah. That's a lot of yard. Like he is throwing the ball down the field to Kittle. He is pushing the ball downfield to Ayuk, where he hasn't been as effective, or where the, really the 49ers have not, I think, been as efficient is within the five yards of the line of scrimmage wow. or behind the line of scrimmage, and that's where Debo Samuel I think factors in because. If everyone is going to try and stack the box and take away McCaffrey, you need someone that can hurt you after the catch from either inside or close to the line of scrimmage. And Debo Samuels, that secondary weapon, I don't know if Ayuk, to me, Ayuk's more of an intermediate or maybe even deep threat. He's, he's a great route runner, but I don't know how much on a wide receiver screen you can get out of him. 
And I also don't think that right now the offensive line is playing well enough that you can just turn to hand the ball to McCaffrey 20 times and pick up yards. So, look, if you think that Debo's absence along with Trent's absence is the reason for the offense stuttering, if you think it's the defense that needs to step up the most, we want to hear from you at 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast business text line. Hang on, Roy and San Leandro. I want to get to you on the other side and remind you that we are a half hour away from your chance to Let's play go. knockout at Chase Center. Going to be giving out 10 slots throughout these two weeks. I've already given out two. Your chance on Steiny and Guru is at 12.30. And, of course, coming up later today at 4.30 on Willard and Dibs. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl the Guru Johnson. We'll be back after this on 95.7 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.